Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I begin my presentation with uh, three quotes. The first is by a political scientist, Zubaja. Um, anyone wrote it in, uh, in the 1950s. Uh, he has a life cycle theory about hegemonic parties. Hegemonic parties uh, define uh, in the sense that you have a ruling party at the national level for uh, beyond two to three decades. You know? uh, dominance in parliament and perhaps even dominance in the value system of the country. Um, however, Dewija uh, argues that a political party, a dominant party, is like an organism. It has a birth, growth, decline, and demise. Okay? So this is uh, Dewija's iron law of uh, hegemonic parties. Um, in 2009, uh, just after the collapse of the LDP, the Liberal Democratic Party, uh, I remember when I started studying Japanese politics, uh, the Japanese uh, would say, oh, the LDP, it is a party which will be in power for half an eternity. It will be in power for half an eternity. But it has been in power for 54 years. And uh, I, I suggest that um, LDP, that's a quintessential hegemonic party in East Asia. It collapsed. Um, he may be right, but the actual mechanism, the sequencing, the timing of defeat of dominant parties, some of them uh, lasted uh, just a few decades, some of them uh, lasted long, uh, longer. So um, it really varies from case to case. Okay. Um, and this is really an intriguing question because uh, I think Malaysia will probably hold its uh, general election uh, by 2012. Uh, big question mark is, uh, will the opposition parties win uh, more than five state governments? Uh, what's down the line for Malaysia? Um, and in the, in the Japanese case study, we suggest that, well, will uh, one-party dominance uh, persist, persist forever? And uh, Japanese case study, we suggest that the answer is no. But very interestingly, uh, a fortnight ago, uh, there's this little piece which appeared uh, in the Straits Times. And uh, I place in the italics, it says that uh, the PAP is likely, okay, the PAP is uh, likely to remain in power for decades to come. The PAP is likely to remain in decades to come. Wow, you know? So whether it's prophetic or Christian or what, uh, I'm not sure. So that's a different view. New normal. Uh, this term came in vogue during the global financial crisis. Thus far, um, it has not been applied uh, to Singapore politics. Uh, Gillian gave me this title, and as an obedient Singaporean, I just complied and tried to make the best sense out of it. Um, so it is elastic. So what's the new normal uh, for the PAP? Is it 60% hovering between 50, uh, 57 to 60%? Or will it plunge below that? If it plunge below that, then what is the uh, new normal today will be the old normal uh, for tomorrow. Okay, so this concept is uh, rather slippery. But mind you, what we have, what we witness, is a political evolution in Singapore. I would argue towards, towards a normal democracy in Singapore, okay? So what we'll see is really a coexistence between old and new, something old, something new. We do not expect Singapore to be transformed. You know? New normal, then that would be a revolution. 
Okay, we do not have a Jasmine Revolution in Singapore. Um, so the question, uh, lacking support, GLC next uh, GE, with a new normal be a loss of uh, two or three more GLCs a day to a repel. Uh, younger voters, more demanding, more critical, I think that will be a new normal. Okay. Um, I have a typology, um, a quadrant. Okay, this is like a Weberian ideal type. On the uh, left-hand side is the old normal, right is the new normal. Below, if that's normal, there must be abnormal, right? If there's no abnormality, then we cannot really talk about normality. So the old abnormal and then the new normal. Okay, why is the old normal? A charismatic and heroic leader. You know who he is. He's an alpha male, right? Um, he stepped down from the cabinet after 52 years. Uh, are there any alpha males today in the Singapore cabinet? Maybe you do not, not really, you know, in the new normal, we don't want that many alpha males running around, okay? Um, old normal, a monopoly of power. Before G2011, we had uh, two members of the opposition in parliament. This is really, really unusual if you were to compare with other electoral democracies in the world. Okay? And what I think is going to be a new normal is uh, we are shift, you know, we are going to witness in the years ahead an erosion of the PAP's monopoly of power. But mind you, even after G211, we only have six members of the opposition in parliament. Mentality, PAP, Papa knows best, okay? Papa knows best, father knows best. That's the old mentality. New mentality, have we reached the point where uh, the party is convinced that the, the people knows best? Or is the party still rooted in the hard truth? You know, hard truth meaning uh, the PAP knows best. Um, I think the ruling party is quite flexible because of the electoral pressure. Uh, it will surely uh, make some policy adjustments or reduce immigration, ramp up the construction of HDB flats, uh, get rid of DBFS, uh, more buses on the roads, maybe more train carriages, more MRT lines. Minister salaries, okay, we reduce, uh, give a so-called discount, right? That, 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 that is doable. But what is very difficult for a new normal is whether the mentality, the ruling party can change its mentality beyond Papa knows best. That, okay, you know the Papa, you have experience, you have the hard truth, but new generation, younger voters, not all the people, okay? So, big question mark. Is there going to be a paradigm shift in the mentality of the ruling party? That is a question mark. Next, this is debatable. I think the old normal is a political economy. One is a very commonsensical in Singapore to have an iron triangle you know, of the PAP, a mandrinate, an elite bureaucracy, so-called uh, uh, scholar bureaucrats, and the government-linked corporation. I, I think that, that is a very interesting model, okay? Uh, whether it's a good model or not is debatable. Uh, new normal, has this model disappeared? Definitely not. You can have more opposition members in parliament, but this iron triangle remains. Political culture, I think this is germane to the uh, IPS uh, presentation statistics. I will not belabor it. Uh, media, 
is there a new normal? Has the media changed? Has it changed? Yes, to a certain extent, we have a critical social media, like a massive review, online citizen, recalcitrancing for um, someone seated there, yawning bread. You know, I think uh, there's a greater diversity. Um, but I see that there's a polarization. The established media is still very sympathetic to the ruling party. When I say sympathetic, I'm saying it in a very euphemistic way. And uh, the critical media are basically shouting at the PAP. So what we have, new normal, social media, um, and a polarization okay, in, inside the space. Um, what about old abnormal? In Singapore, you know, we, Singapore is such an interesting and uh, sometimes strange place. Now, I'm a citizen, but sometimes I feel that I'm like Alice in Wonderland. For example, eugenics, graduate mother policy. I think that is a terrible, terrible old abnormal. I'm so thankful that that's gone. Okay? What, what about in future? Are we going to have new abnormals? I, I don't know. Hypothetically speaking, what is a new abnormal? You have detention without trial. I think Singaporeans can stomach it huh, if... Uh, like religious extremists or terrorists are detained. But beyond that, can you uh, round up people, uh, political dissidents, and say that these are neo-Marxists, you know, and detain them? I, I don't know. If the PAP government were to do that, then I think there will be a higher political cost to pay at subsequent elections. Um, what about control of new media? Can the ruling party be like King Canute, say, you know, Roll back, please, you know? No high tide, please roll back. But I don't think that's, that's possible. Can someone say, oh, from now on, you know, this anonymity in the social media, this is really bad, irresponsible, and so on. So from now on in Singapore, people engage in new media, you know, irresponsible criticism, please identify yourself. Is it possible? I don't think so. Yes, the technology has changed. It's not implementable. Okay, uh, observations. One-party dominance is the old normal. Of course, things have changed. Um, when Jinghen asked me to compare Singapore with Japan, we have to be uh, quite discerning because even during the halcyon days of the LDP in power, the opposition parties in Japan did capture local governments at the prefectural level, mayoral level, at the city level, and even at the ward level. And the LDP never had control of more than two-thirds of the seats in parliament. These conditions are uh, dissimilar in Singapore. Okay? So if one were to say one-party dominant systems, which is, quite, which, are, uh, which is quite rare among electoral democracies, it is called an uncommon democracy, then Singapore, my thesis is, Singapore is uncommon among uncommon democracies. It's an anomaly among anomalous uh, democracies. Uh, demise of LDP, uh, time is catching up. Uh, Dovidge's theory, I shall not belabor the point. Uh, will the PAP become the last of the Mohicans? Uh, the next one may be Barisan National, if not in this general election, perhaps down the line, I'm not sure. But perhaps the PAP may be the last hegemonic party in the world. It's not unthinkable. Um, When we talk about Dubija's uh, thesis, we, we can also uh, concede that it is not impossible for a ruling party to reform itself, to enjoy a new lease of life. But you remember, you know, uh, 
foreign minister, then foreign minister, George Yeo, he said that, please vote him in, voters of Aljunit. I will reform the party, I will transform the party. Okay? He didn't say what he was going to reform, how he was going to do it, who he was going to do it with, what is the timetable. Nothing, okay? So after the GE, there have been, you know, uh, Prime Minister Lee mentioned that he had listened to the people, he will listen to the people, he will put things right, and so on and so forth. It is still not quite clear who is going to transform the party, reform the party, and what aspects of the PAP needs to be changed other than changing certain policies, okay? The mode of governance, the mentality, will that change? I don't know. Um, another reason for the uh, demise of the LDP, for a long time, the LDP was the steward of the Japanese miracle since 1968. Last two decades was the so-called uh, lost decade, burst of the bubble economy in 1991. PAP, very successful. PAP had a very impressive economic uh, record. Okay. Um, but the troubling thing about Singapore's strong economic growth it, is that it has been coupled with a widening social inequality. Gini coefficient index, according to the CIA handbook uh, 2010, Singapore, it is 0 0.46. The higher it is, the wider the social inequality. China, there's a unrest in China. Uh, concerns about political stability in China and so on. Uh, the Gini coefficient in China, PRC, is uh, 0 0.41. In Japan, it's pretty equal, 0 0.36. Scandinavian countries are the best. Okay? So here's a big question mark. How are we going to deal with this? What kind of economic model do we want? How are we going to deal with widening social inequality? So thus far, I'm not quite sure what is the ruling party's approach to deal with widening social inequality. Because if the ruling party said, oh, we can deal with it, we are going to raise taxes, many Singaporeans will probably not want to pay uh, you know, more taxes like the Scandinavians. So it is a tricky issue. Okay. Um, weakening party organizations, uh, LDP, party, uh, party members have gone down, their politi uh, political machines have uh, also declined. Uh, PAP, is it that solid? It's it been in power for a long time. But the problem is, I think the party, party machinery had weakened, simply, especially paradoxically, you know, because it had been in power for such a long time. In elections, you know, the, the sleepy party branches would uh, swing into action, but for a large part of uh, policy making and so on, the ruling party will rely on the bureaucracy. And uh, you have the alphabets, you know, RLC, CCCs, CCMCs. Now, what if the unthinkable happened? One day, somewhere down the line, I, I don't know whether it's in my lifetime or not, no, maybe, maybe not, uh, should the LDP fall? If it were to fall, then uh, it doesn't have a mass party organization, then what is it going to rely on? You know? If it's a, a party in opposition, uh, can it, it will no longer be able to rely on the state bureaucracy and uh, all these quasi-political grassroots organizations, then it will pay the price for not having a mass base of party members. The LDP of Japan had a mass base, the PAP does not. Um, Japan, we see that since uh, 1996, there's been an emergence of a much more serious and credible opposition party. Before that, you had the Japan Socialist Party, narrow base, very idealistic, uh, quite naive, adhered to unarmed neutrality, whereas the LDP was a supporter of the US-Japan alliance. Um, in, in Singapore, GE211, I think a new normal is that the party, the ruling party, is confronted by parties which are more confident, credible, and competitive than before. And some of the candidates 
recruited by the opposition parties are not bad at all. You know? um, seem to be more impressive than some of those on the PAP ticket. So in 201, is this a harbinger of uh, things to come, greater political competition for PAP? And is this a new normal in Singapore politics? I think so. Poor party leadership and policy blunders. Okay, that really did the LDP in, in Japan. After Koizumi, Prime Minister Koizumi, one after another, uh, mediocre uh, prime ministers. Now, the LDP also suffer from a profound uh, weakness at the grassroots. By 2009, we see more than one third of LDP members of parliament. Okay? We have uh, po political dynasties in, in Japan. More than one third are the second, third, and in a few cases, fourth generation members of parliament. And if you don't have a son, what some Japanese will do is to recruit the son-in-law. Okay? Change the family name, son-in-law. Or you don't have a son-in-law who's interested in politics, then your political sec secretary will, become, uh, will inherit your seat. So many young, ambitious Japanese politicians, no name recognition, the name is not Koizumi, Abe, or Fukuda. And you, you have no money, you graduate from, uh, from political school like Makichita Tekejuku, you're ambitious. And you find that there are hurdles. You cannot join the LDP. Why? Incumbents, they favor the children of the incumbents. Okay? So my question is, will the PAP go the LDP way by recruiting more princelings? Okay? In China, we talk about princelings. The Shanghai faction, the princelings, party school, and so on. Okay, will the L PAP go the LDP way by recruiting more princelings, children of ministers, MPs, Political secretaries in Singapore's context, uh, we call the British PPS. I, no, I make no mention about wives of PPS uh, to become candidates in future GEs. Now, if the PAP becomes incestuous like the LDP, then more capable, ambitious, and idealistic young Singaporeans will join the opposition battles parties uh, instead. Then future GEs, I think, will be really battle royale. Okay, conclusion. Is the PAP willing? to listen to the people's voice? Is it willing to reverse policies which are mistaken, obsolete policies which were correct before, very effective before, but the world has changed, Singapore has changed, the electorate has changed, and policies which are unacceptable to the electorate? Okay, if Singapore is a democracy, surely the ruling party must pay heed to the electorate. And, and to, you know, it's part of the game. Electoral pressure, the PAP will change. As I've suggested earlier, the PAP will change. We will relook at the hot button issues, sky high minister salaries, immigration, public transportation, housing. This will change. Okay, question mark is will it change his mentality, the way he relate to people? Papa knows best. Huh? And will Papa, uh, I'll say Papa re examine. Okay, PAP will re examine, re -examine its con economic model of development. Is it going to push for, oh, every year we, we need 4 to 6% GDP growth, right? and then we pack our salaries to 4 to 6% GDP growth? Or can we conceive, can Singaporeans accept, um, you know, we, as a country, we can actually be happy uh, with GDP growth between 25 to 4%. Maybe we can go home a bit earlier, spend more time with the family, produce more babies. You know? Our FTR, total fertility rate is 1.1%. How come? Why are Singaporeans so stressed out? You know? right? So can we conceive of a different uh, economic, uh, economic model? 
I, I don't have the answer really, but uh, we seem to be groping for it. No? Um, GE201, I think it's a signal. Someone over there said that the electorate is very savvy. I, I agree with you. I think it's a warning to the KP not to be complacent and to seek new ways to reconnect the younger and more demanding electorate. I think the electorate wants empathy from the ruling party. Okay? Like you read the newspapers, the Marseille, you know, uh, reserves are going up and so on. But what about people who have fallen through the cracks? Okay? Um, and I think the upper middle class and some of the rich are quite concerned about the fate of uh, poorer Singaporeans, you know, social inequality, widening social inequality. So what kind of model, political economic model, is the party uh, going to offer? Is it more hardcore, the, the same old model? Um, back to the uh, venerable street strikes, the view is the PAP is likely to remain in power for decades to come. It may, may not be wrong, you know. Who knows? It depends on leaders, future leaders, the performance of the opposition parties. It depends on, who knows, you know, regional politics. We, we don't know. Such an outcome, but qualification, such an outcome is not inevitable. I don't think it's inevitable that the PAP is likely to remain in power for decades. Okay? It's open-ended. And can the opposition parties offer genuine alternatives beyond criticizing ruling party in parliament? Okay, it's easy to say, towards a first world parliament. Okay, no offense, huh? we, we have Gerald and Yao. I mean, okay, fine. Has a resonance among Singaporeans, but what kind of alternatives? Do you have an economic model? Okay, how, how do you suggest we deal with widening social inequality? Okay, are you proposing more tax? Is, and the opposition parties are very silent about Singapore's role in the world. Maybe SDP, they're a bit sympathetic on San Suu Kyi, but other than that, it's uh, pretty much uh, silence. You know, you ask them, you say, oh, go and read my manifesto. But uh, does the do the opposition parties offer genuine alternatives beyond criticizing the uh, PAP? Right? Criticizing the PAP in parliament, I think that is a legitimate role. Singaporeans expect them to perform that role. But if they want to be a genuine alternative to one-party dominance, then they must offer genuine alternatives. My uh, time is up. My uh, final command is what is the new normal in Singapore? Okay? If this is just a variation of uh, one-party hegemony, only six in parliament, two-thirds majority, they can change the constitution at will. If they want, they can always clip I suspect, you know, clip the, the, the wings, uh, the, the powers of the elected president. You know, we have two-thirds majority. What is truly a new normal, I think, is when Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong departs from the political arena. Just like his father departed from the cabinet, I think, is something new. So when it's time, when he steps down, I think that will be a new normal. And a truly new, new normal is when the PAP is no longer the perennial party in power. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's our individual perspective. Okay, thank you.